Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Broadcast His Love. In the beginning of this podcast, we have a great conversation with my friend who is a nurse and also helped deliver our baby. <laughs> You'll hear him cooing and cawing in the background or whatever noises, beautiful baby noises he makes throughout the podcast. So yeah, that that's him just chit-chatting it up. And his name is Rhett, and our guest did an amazing job of being his nurse. We had two nurses, and she was one of them. And you're just going to love Macy. You'll be encouraged by her. So I look forward to you hearing that. And then our second part of this podcast at the end is an update from Nan at the Laurel Oak Inn in Gainesville. And she was on the podcast a couple podcasts ago, a little bit earlier in the year. And she gave us an update on her small business that was hurting from coronavirus. And she has some good news to share with us. So stay tuned for that and a big party that you can attend if you would like to happening this week. So stay tuned for that and you all have a great day and let's do this. We'll go ahead and kick it off if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's totally fine. As I was saying right before we started, you know, it's just such a blessing getting to speak to one of my own patients after discharging them from the hospital. We it's actually one of the first times I've gotten to do that, you know. Really? To, I mean, getting to talk like talk like this, that's for sure. But I like yeah. to, you know, become friends on Facebook and keep in touch and you know, I'll see these little, you know, two-year-olds now running around that if I look up and see the parents and it's a really cool kind of reunion that I get to be a part of that will stay with me forever. You know, I may not remember all of my patients and more commonly than not, I I don't remember, but they remember me and then get to see the kids and and stay in touch. You know, you, you are unforgettable. That's for sure. But (laughs) you are unforgettable. I mean, you don't forget your labor and delivery nurse and for everyone listening you guys were talking to Macy Herman. She has a bachelor's prepared. Well, I guess I say it like this. Macy Herman, bachelor's prepared, <laughs> registered nurse. She's a labor and delivery nurse at Ascension Sacred Heart of Pensacola. And she's a rock star labor and delivery nurse. <laughs> we have on one of the two nurses. Okay. Macy was our overnight nurse who helped deliver our son, Rhett, who was born on the 15th of May. And Macy, first of all, thank you. You are patient. You love the Lord. You You are kind. And like, how many times do you push the call button for a nurse to come (laughs) when you're getting, (laughs) and you were like with a smile on every time. So Macy, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for having me. And it's hard to smile through a mask. Honestly, I have to use my eyes a lot more than I normally would. (laughs) It's so true. I'm like, I don't know if you're being serious or if you're just, we had some good laughs about that. It's so crazy. Like just this time that we're in and like labor and delivery, it wasn't that much different for me for our first one compared to our second one, except for you had a mask on and we had conversations about coronavirus, but have you seen any like big changes in your labor delivery since all of this has kind of sparked? Yeah, honestly, every, every time I come to work, I just anticipate something to be different, either a good different or sometimes a bad different. Um, And every time I come into work, I have this little pit in my stomach, which you always should being labor and delivery. There's a cause for that, but, um, you know, just this fear and maybe not fear that I myself will get coronavirus, but fear that, 
you know, most of our population is, uh, the majority are healthy adults um, that have been quarantining at home. So, you know, it's the fear that through me somehow, even with no symptoms to be spread, being around babies, being around, you know, minute old babies and those families that are also going home, like in your case with other siblings, you know, just this fear. But I mean, I think that everyone's doing their best. And I think that there's research that's going to come about this to make it a much safer environment. But we're taking all the precautions um, that we know how to. And it's an ever-changing, you know, ever-adapting field. And that's what I knew coming into this. But I was not prepared to work in a pandemic my first year as a nurse. That is crazy. Well, and two, like, so um, Rhett is actually here with me right now. He's in my arms. So you might hear oh. him kind of talking in the background, you know, in his yes. own little baby cooing way. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's so cute. You did such a good job. I still can't believe like how great you and the team were. Um, but oh yeah, there he goes. But um, there he goes. Join us. I So we became friends on Facebook, which has been great mm-hmm. because I learned so much about you. And my husband, you guys had great, co- sorry, he's like wanting to get in this interview. Oh my god! like a couple weeks old. And he's like, mom, I got this. It's Step out of the way. Yeah, exactly. But um, anyway, so how long have you been in Pensacola? I've been in Pensacola now, I guess coming on two years. Um, okay. I went to Florida State um, College of Nursing and I wasn't really going into college thinking, you know, nursing is for me. I'm the first nurse or anyone healthcare related really in my immediate family. So it was kind of just something that was placed on my heart. You know, I wanted to, I always enjoyed being around people and taking care of people, but this takes it so much more in a legitimate way, you know, taking care of their physical needs. And, um, you know, I kind of went to college knowing I loved science and I loved math and I loved people. And that's kind of all that I knew. And then kind of placed on my heart, you know, maybe I could be a nurse, but that's not one of the things that you go in just to jump right in. You know, it's a really hard, um, it's a really hard major to get yourself into. And, you know, you work for two years before you're ever even considered as an applicant. And um, so I, you know, tried my best to get my grades up and, you know, work really hard and um, still kind of save time for family. But when I was 18, I was eligible to be a CNA or a certified nurse assistant. So I took that time. It was my spring break of that year of college, um, did that training and then decided to work with the elderly population um, for, you know, through college and everything and kind of get to see, okay, how am I really taking care of people, you know, working kind of under a nurse and seeing what they do. And it was really hard work. You know, I worked, it was a half rehab facility and half long-term care. And there, you know, it's, it's, it's hard work, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally, especially being pretty young at the time. Um, But, and I remember one of my hardest nights at work, you know, I, I lost one of our residents and then, um, another one was being, I'll just say particularly difficult. And, um, I kind of had it laid on my heart, you know, what, like, it it was just kind of struggling. I was almost thinking about leaving work a little bit early that night and it kind of laid on my heart, you know, what a privilege this is to take care of people. And that was my first kind of hearing from God, like, Oh, you know, it's not just, Oh, another shift or, you know, walk into work. It's, this is a privilege and this is an honor and it should be, it should be taken like that. So more and more time went by when I saw, you know, a lot more of the end of life care. And to a lot of people, it seems super morbid or, 
you know, we don't really want to talk about it as, as Americans, it's a lot less um, accepted to talk about it, but being a part of that for so many families that I did not know from Adam, I mean, you know, being in that moment, um, in those last breaths, in those last moments, for someone that you don't know, you know, this person has lived a full life, and you're spending that last time with them, and you're making, I mean, whether it's months, or days, or weeks, or in the last seconds, you know, you're, you're spending that with them, and it really is such an honor and privilege to be there, and through those experiences, I thought, well, you know, I enjoyed this, but you know, what's another moment in life that's so, such, such an honor and so crucial in a person. And that's, you know, the first breath and the first moments and the first second. So, you know, I think maybe I want to go to the other end totally of the circle of life and see how I enjoy that kind of been, I mean, it's been a super hard journey, but it's been so worth it. And I, I enjoy every minute of it. Oh my gosh. That makes me want to cry because (laughs) you're like, you're saying what a privilege to do this. And it's just such an honor to be one of your patients and know that first of all, you did an amazing job from beginning to end and you in your mindset, the whole entire time were thinking what a privilege to do this. And like that kind of brings my perspective to work. Like you can put that with any, any job or anything that you do, like as a parent or, you know, being able to drive a car. I don't know. Like, the little things. I I feel like we've learned to be grateful for so many things that we weren't because of this pandemic, but like, what a privilege to do this or to do that. Like God has given us this ability, which that's so great that he showed you that. And, and you want to be a part of people, um, meeting their babies for the first time. Well, and two, um, I love you went to Florida state and I found out (laughs) that you were the class president. So how did how did, how does that even oh, happen? Oh gosh. Yeah. Our class, you know, there's over 400 applicants every year that want to be, want to be a nurse, want to be admitted to the college of nursing. And we admit 80 every year. So I was one of 80 that was wow. accepted my year. Um, so that was, that was a huge, you know, weight lifted off my shoulders, you know, and that reassurance, okay, this is what I think that I should be doing. But through college, I didn't want to just go through. I mean, you see, you hear, or ask people, you know, how are you doing? And they always say, I'm going through this or going through that. And it is, it is easy to just kind of float your boat and ride through, but I didn't, I wanted to kind of leave a mark and I wanted to be a leader. And I wanted to, I, I guess I, I had issues at some points, just needing that constant reassurance, you know, am I doing the right thing? Um, so I was able to become class president. I got voted for my whole class and took a lot of big leadership steps for our class. Um, and then I was also involved in a sorority. I was in Find Me U on campus and um, kind of just found different ways to get involved and also just help bring people to Jesus. I mean, I'm like, how many, how many ways can I get involved? And I, I did struggle almost getting involved in too many things towards the end, but looking back, I would have done it all over. Really? And so how did, um, how did God kind of play a role in your life through college? You said you were like bringing people to him. How did that um, kind of courage come up about you to, to do that? And how did you do that? Um, it, it took a lot. I mean, to be a college student, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of schoolwork, you know, it's a lot of finding yourself and, um, you know, finding your place and then also being surrounded at such a large campus with, 
others that are doing the exact same thing, um, kind of just passing them on a journey. And I just, I kind of wanted to wake up every day and be encouraging. And that was kind of the thing that, that, that pushed me through instead of to be this, you know, let me have a perfect verse always in mind or have the perfect words to say, but just to find random everyday ways to be encouraging or just be pretty positive. I mean, I'll just remember standing in line at different grocery stores and have it laid on my heart, you know, you, Hey, you know, you need to tell this person, Oh, you know, your shirt looks nice or I love your shoes or you have a great smile or just these random things. And I would think, why do I want to talk to this stranger? You know, I don't know this person. I've never had a time where I've given a compliment that's come to me like that, where they haven't turned around and said, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. Like one time there's this bracelet and to be honest, I didn't even think it was that cute, but I heard, okay, maybe you need to tell her your bracelet's nice or something. And she turned around and said, oh my gosh, my um, mother actually passed away few weeks ago and I haven't taken it off and it's just a reminder of her and I really needed to hear that today or something so you know just little things you can say to people in your everyday life it doesn't have to be anything extravagant yeah I mean you say what you see you know you're like I see this when it comes from God yeah it's more it means so much more and it may seem like a simple thing and I could easily go through and hear those little small simple whispers and just ignore them I mean it's easy to do a lot of the times but especially now with masks and people don't want to talk to strangers but I know everybody looks at each other when they pass by like uh you're five feet away yeah feet away don't look at me (laughs) no don't breathe on me yes it's so weird it's so it's so weird like but you know I think I don't know. I mean, social distancing, it's probably going to stick around for a while, but I think at the end of the day, especially what you're saying about being in the grocery store aisle and being friendly and being kind, like we can't forget to be kind, Mm -hmm. you know, like we all want to be protected. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, we don't want to get the virus and give it to other people and hurt them, but like, it doesn't hurt to be kind. And there are ways to do it without running up and bear hugging someone. (laughs) You know what I mean? Definitely. And I'm a hugger. So it's been pretty, it's been pretty hard for me. The struggle is real. The struggle is real yes. for huggers out there. So, well, and two, okay, this yes. is kind of a random question. I'm just going to ask you because I'm super interested to know, because you said that okay. you had already delivered two babies by the time we had gotten there. We were scheduled to be induced at 10. We got there a little bit late. Sorry about yes. that. But like, um, oh, yeah. you're fine. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, there, you said that you had already delivered two babies. And so I'm like, I have to know about how many babies do you deliver in one, um, shift? And well, it's a, it really depends on the day. Um, we kind of track, well, every birth that we have at Sacred Heart, we put them in what's called a delivery book. And we've been keeping these books up to date with every single delivery, um, for, years and years and years and years. And so, you know, it's part of our delivery checklist after we've had one to put them in the book. And so really each month is another book. And then I don't know where all these books are stacked up at, but I know we have tons of them. And, um, and we deliver close to 500 a month is our, is our, yeah. So if you think, okay, you know, for 400 plus a month, so that's a roughly over a hundred a week and then you know divided by seven for per day I mean we have I think my busiest shift we delivered 20 
three, 23 babies in a 24 hour period. So that's, that was pretty much one per hour. They were just, you know, our months to be most busy are really towards the fall and um, early or, or later in winter. So starting in September, October, November timeframe, those are kind of our, in August, because if you think about it, people are getting all snuggly nine months before that during the holidays. That's so. <laughs> right. Okay. I yeah. was wondering that because, well, and a lot of people are questioning too about all the babies that are going to be appearing in our world nine months from now oh, or six gosh. or seven months from now, however long we've been in this pandemic for the last three months. Yes. But, um, oh yeah. And I'm not going to give any names, but I have a girlfriend who told me that she's expecting and oh. she because of all the extra rest that she's gotten. She hasn't, you know, been running around doing her work thing and she's had more time to relax. And I don't know. I'm just saying y'all, I mean, what is nine months from now? Would that be better get ready? Yeah. Early January. And you know, the, the emergency room and ICUs are laughing at us because they're saying, you know, we, we get these patients now, you get them in nine months from now. That's hilarious. Oh gosh. Nurse humor. I can't imagine the hospital humor. Like that's so good though, that you guys are finding light in this, just in this pandemic. I can't imagine it's easy. Like it's easier than it was. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's been difficult. My, my hardest few days were when it was all starting, you know, our, our typical labor room, um, a patient, it's always the patient's choice, but they can have, you know, a, a main support person. So a spouse or main support person, and then four others at any time in the labor and delivery room or during a delivery. So that's five people. And we also usually um, accept uh, children, usually not under the age of 18, unless they're sibling of the new, new baby being born. So you go from five people, including siblings, you know, little kids being all excited. And then now, you know, recently it's been down to a single support person and a doula if you have or want one. So that's going down to two and it's, and no siblings, no one under the age of 18 period. So it's been very difficult to share that news and, and really comply with it. And I, I can understand why those families would be so heartbroken right now and, and some anger and it may not even be towards us completely. It's just based on everything that these people go through in a daily life where we, we all are going through and waiting through this new, this new, you know, time and time in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. And you just handled everything so well from the masks to everything. Like we didn't have to wear a mask during the labor. I'm, people don't have to do that. Right. That's not a thing no, right now. No, the they can if they want to, Okay, but um, they don't okay, have to in labor, you know, in the hospital, as soon as you enter as a visitor, I think they give you a mask and make you wear yes. it, but the patients themselves don't have to. Okay, um, good. But we, we that do. That would have been really hard. And now we're testing. <laughs> it's hard to breathe, man. It's now so we're testing hard. every patient that gets admitted to our unit. So we know automatically you know, what we're dealing with, um, if we have a positive or negative patient on our side. So, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, I had to take the test, um, the day before, cause they wanted it to be, you know, as soon as possible, like up to when the delivery was. So, yeah, I mean, and people are doing that before surgeries too, I've heard. So, um, yes. It's just and I've had to personally swab my patients. I mean, now I'm going to work and gowning up and swabbing them as well, because, um, if we have to go and the reason is because if we have to go into a C-section situation, which 
is always a risk once you're in that unit. I mean, you yeah. even things can go the most smooth, but we, we, we see it all. And when things go south, they go south very quickly. And um, if that patient was unknown, we have to treat them as if they're positive. So that automatically means um, everyone has to gown up appropriately. Um, the uh, anesthesiologist actually has to put that patient under general anesthesia instead of being awake during a C-section and there can be no other visitors. So that means if it's a first baby, that mom is by herself. Uh, she is under general anesthesia without a support person. If, if we don't know if they're positive or negative. So we try to test everyone. And, you know, some circumstances you come rolling in the door at eight centimeters and that baby's not head down. You know, we don't have much of a choice, but to act quickly, but our tests are 90 minute tests. So we're able to know pretty, pretty fast. Oh, that's good. That's great. Yep. And let's talk about like some of your favorite parts. What's your favorite part of the labor and delivery process? Oh my gosh. Well, I just love getting to know the stories of the parents. You know, I love, um, I think some of my favorite deliveries are what I call the surprise babies. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we did. Like, where, yeah. Yep, the surprise babies. So not knowing if it's a boy or a girl, um, those are some of my favorite times. Um, and, you know, usually I try to involve the family and have them call out the gender, but sometimes, or, or a lot of the times it's actually me oh. or the doctor right there, you know, calling out. And so that's always a really exciting time. Um, oh. But I, I mean, on the other side, I will say that, you know, I've had to have lots of prayer time and really invite Jesus into my job every single day because you think of labor and delivery as such a sunshine and rainbow situation, but um, we yeah. very, very, very frequently, especially being in such a high risk unit, you know, Sacred Heart, we take all high risk patients in the area, you know, they automatically come to us. And, um, you know, there's some there's some really hard days. And sometimes I have two patients and one is in one of those happy surprise gender situations. And, you know, the one next door just, you know, lost that baby. And so it's really hard to kind of flip your emotions and, and just kind of come with what you're dealt and, and say the right things and be the right things. And I, I can't do any of it alone. That's for sure. Mm, that was beautiful. I mean, yeah. you can't. At any given moment, I mean, situations, even seemingly smooth and perfect, they can change in an instant to a life or death for mom and baby. I mean, it's you know, 99% of the time it goes beautifully and well, but when it doesn't, it's, it's time to kind of get down to the nitty gritty and yeah, and get on your hands and knees for sure. Wow. And pray. Yes. Wow. I mean, what a, what a place to be in your career where you're like, yeah, this is fun. This is great. But God is humbling me every day to remember that I need him for this job. You know? I, yes. Lots of prayer, lots of emotion unexplainable joy every day. Um, but there's also fear of the unknown. Um, I need peace with end of life care of, especially of a newborn. Mm. Um, I pray for safety over the children, for the families. And I mean, we, I do work in a cat more a Catholic facility. So I, I feel more of a pull to invite Jesus into my job and I have that ability, but yes, um, it's still, it's still not easy. And it, especially being young, you know, I'm not a mother and trying to connect with my patients going through this, you know, it's hard to connect with them. And then sometimes through faith, we don't share the same faith. So just kind of still being able to take care of them and give them that same love um, 
regardless. But like you were saying in the grocery store. Well, you were saying earlier about the grocery (laughs) store. We weren't in the grocery store. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) But a lot happens in the grocery store. Yeah, but you were just saying like just be kind. And I think at the end of the day, I mean, we see it on t-shirts and on Instagram and all the things, but I mean, Jesus was so compassionate. He was so kind and it, he was kind to everybody. It wasn't, I mean, like Mm -hmm. to tax collectors, like he was, he was kind to the people who were really messing up. You know what I mean? Like he didn't, he didn't judge. And, and I could just can't imagine the different personalities and the different people that come into, um, into your care and how you have to treat everyone with grace. Like there's this Bible verse. I can't remember it. Uh, what the actual verse is. I think it's in Colossians, but it says (laughs) like season all your conversations with salt. And, um, yeah, that just, when you were saying that, that just reminds me of that verse with it. You just, you have to be so careful with your words, but at the same time, you're there for them, especially now Mm -hmm. when there can only be one person or, you know, and it's a scary time. I mean, it really is. And you, there's a lot of teaching involved. And um, I mean, just you're, you're not only, you know, birthing this baby, this new life, but you're also creating a family. Like you're witnessing a family for the first time, whether that's a yeah. first baby or even second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth baby. I mean, it's a new stage that you get to be a part of in that moment. And there's so much teaching that's involved. And that so was another favorite part of my job is teaching. I mean, breastfeeding, how to look for signs of things that are going wrong after, even after you go home, you know, um, just teaching them about their own bodies, teaching them what's going on during this labor process. So many people don't know what they're walking into. And to me, most of the time, ignorance is bliss seeing what I see. But at the same time, I think that patients need to be educated and take that, that control of their own health and, you know, really notes. And for for the dads, the scared dads that are just terrified, <laughs> they know it's important to get their minds at ease too. Give them a job to do. Let them help. Yes, that um, our first nurse with our first son, her name was Ryan, and she had my husband working sister. Okay, I don't even remember uh, what yeah. he was doing, but I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I you don't just let him sit there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he. She's like, can you get this? Can you get that? Can you do da 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 da? And it was so good for him, especially as a first time dad. I mean, I feel like we really enjoyed this experience with you. Uh, yeah. I don't even remember what you were if you asked him to do anything or whatever, but it was just a totally different experience because I guess we have we had done it before. But the first, yeah. our first uh, labor and delivery nurse with our first child, it was like comical. My husband, and he's dead serious because <laughs> I can't imagine the nerves that go on with a man because they haven't been holding a kicking baby in their belly for nine months no. or eight months, whatever. But um, no, yeah, that that's crazy. You do a really good job with everyone. So, well, and two, oh yeah, you're welcome. Um, my husband, when I was um, in a different room at the time, laboring we'll just call mm-hmm. it that. Um, he was uh-huh. talking to you about you are a new bride and you have an, a husband who's, did you say was in the military? He is. He's currently deployed right now. So new bride and working during a pandemic, um, you know, just recently graduated ish and, uh, you know, having a husband not, not here. It's, it's been pretty tough to be honest. Oh, oh my goodness. I can't imagine. Where's your husband at? He's in Kuwait right now. 
So when he does he come is back? Country and um, the early early time of next year. So he'll be gone for over about ten months, and it's our first. You know, neither of us were raised military, so I've just had to kind of adapt in a lot a lot of areas of my life and um, kind of take each day each day as it comes. Well, we are so thankful that you were here in Pensacola, and I just pray that I mean, I'm your friend. We're new friends. Yes. Like we've been friends for a couple yes, weeks now. We're friends. <laughs> and you know, uh, we 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 are friends on another level. <laughs> it's so yes, it is so true. And then um you're I I looked on Facebook. We have a bunch of mutual friends. So what do you think has oh. been um really good for you as far as community with your husband deployed? Like what's been beneficial for you with your walk with God? Oh wow. Um well it's been more difficult because I really am a planner. So looking toward this deployment coming up, I was thinking, you know, what all can I get involved in to um, really keep my mind busy and also just still be, still be a part of this community and um, just help out and not always just be work and come home, work and come home, which right. has ended up in the situation. But um you know, I attend a local church here. I'm shocker, but I do volunteer in the nursery or with the oh. baby, with the kiddos. So um, helping out in that way and doing um, outreach around Pensacola. Um, oh. I love my gym I go to locally, which is another kind of side of my gym family, my work family, my church family. And it's been hard because those are the three things that haven't been available. Um, it's true. You know, so. Man, I am praying for you in this season. And I know other people are coming alongside you too, who are listening to your story. And I pray they come alongside you in this time and are oh, just praying for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with you, with your personality and with all the things you have going for you. Yeah. I'm like your number one fan. Okay. Oh, <laughs> you're the mom. Thank you. Um, it's but, a new season yes. for you too. I mean, now yeah. you're mom of two and that was, it's just another thing that I've just started to think about, but I mean, birthing a child that it's one of the single most important times in your life to what I say, assist God in a miracle. I mean, it really yeah. is. And so don't take the time, you know, I mean, take it to heart really and enjoy, enjoy being home with them. I mean, it's a time yeah. you'll never get back. It's so true. You're so right. You and my grandmother tell me that. Oh, Macy. <laughs> and I, I am you. a homebody. I am, I am pretty, uh, I guess, bubbly and a talking personality, but I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed being home because it's kind of forcing you to do what you've either made an excuse for, whether that be spring cleaning of your house or, you know, just getting real with what do I need to work on in my inner life or, right. you know, spiritual, spiritual, emotional life. It kind of forces you to look at it straight in the eye and not go out and avoid it, you know, yeah. by doing other things with your time. So it kind of has helped. Yeah, for sure. And I've heard a lot of people say that it's helped them get focused, you know, like mm -hmm. if you have a block of time where you're like, okay, I want to get something done in this time. And I've watched all the shows on Netflix possible. Like let's get focused. Yes. Let's get some stuff done. And it's such a healthy thing too. So, well, and I know as things are loosening up and people, you know, the beaches are open and more businesses are open and all the fun things. Like, um, I just pray that in this season that you're able to do those fun things safely and also be able to use your God-given gifts um, with nursing and with being nice to people at grocery stores. Like, I think that's a gift. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. The gift of encouragement. And it's, and it's seriously from God. I mean, 
I like to encourage people too, that if they have some type of dream or, or hope on their heart of what they want to do, but they feel unqualified, you know, I've had to be reminded so many times, sometimes that makes you the most qualified person. I mean, I've looked through so many stories in the Bible where Jesus picks the most unqualified people to shine through. I mean, I'm just thinking right now back to college, we only get three days of labor and delivery experience as a nursing student. And if, you know, if you don't, if you're not able to have much go on during that time, then, you know, that's kind of unfortunate. And I I have to say, I sat in my interview to be a labor and delivery nurse, which is a pretty specialized field, having never seen a vaginal birth. Oh, I never saw one in nursing school. So I said, I want to do this. This is for me. You know, I saw one C-section, but that wasn't even during labor and delivery. That was during the operating room rotation. So I was going in super unqualified in so many ways. So I thought, and, you know, have been able to kind of use that as a story now, you know, so me labor and delivery nurse and went in never seeing a birth and got the job, which, and as a new grad is very, very, very hard. And now, I mean, I, have lost track of how many, but that's just kind of how, how God works. And it makes it easy, something or not easy, but easier to, to have those doors open that you couldn't do on your own. Right. Well, when the, when he opens the door, uh, something I've learned about you through this conversation is your confidence in him to walk through it. I mean, that is just, your story of confidence and perseverance has been encouraging. And I thank you so much for your time, Macy and your husband. What's his first name? Cause we'll be praying for your husband too. His name is Carter. Carter. Okay. Carter and Macy y'all. We love Carter and Macy. <laughs> Macy awesome. We um, love you. Love you. Oh, and, um, I, we were talking about this earlier, but is there any scripture that's helped you in this season? Oh, absolutely. There's one verse that I've kept on my heart since going through school and even after now, and that's Galatians 6, 9. And that says, let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. And that has applied to so many different areas of my life. And, um, you know, it came to my heart, like I said, it's a tough time through college and it's kind of been my go-to in the current season of life as well. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's a reality. Doing good is hard work. I mean, it's definitely not the easy thing. And especially if someone begins to doubt whether what they're doing matters. Um, and during this COVID, you know, people are being sent home from work and things like that and are spending their time, you know, honestly not feeling like doing, like doing good. Let's be honest. Yeah. But, uh, you know, to continue to, to do good or um, really stay. I mean, if you read the verse and look through it, in a broader sense, it's Paul that's kind of urging Galatians to keep living in a way consistent with what they believe. And, you know, God allows us to see how investments made to do good matters, both in this life and the life to come. So, I mean, if yeah. that's encouraging to one, Galatians yes. 6, 9, is my go-to. <laughs> I love it. And it says to not give up, like you didn't give up, even though you didn't have that experience in college, even though you uh, had only certain odds to get into this nursing program. You persevered and you got through with 80 people and you became class president and you married a man who's in the military and now he's deployed. Like you are not giving up. So Macy, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you and love you. 
And if anybody would like to connect with you, is there a good way for people to connect like on Instagram or something like that? Yeah, sure. My Instagram is at Macy and Herman and same with Facebook. Um, I'm super open to new friends. So definitely reach out. Okay, cool. Thanks, Macy. Well, I hope you have a great day and thanks for delivering our baby. (laughs) Thank you. I can't wait to see you guys again. I love Macy. She rocks and she's such a good nurse and there's so much to learn from her story, especially that scripture that she shared. This is from the ESV version. She shared Galatians 6, 9 and it says, and let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Such an awesome verse for such um, the perfect season in life to be talking about not giving up and don't grow weary of doing good. And yeah, just say hey to someone if you are in the grocery store. Say what you see. Or if you're on a walk, say what you see if it's good. Um, We just need more encouragement right now, more than ever. And if you love the Lord, why not bring some of that sunshine to someone who might not be having the best day. So thank you, Macy, for your time and for sharing your story. Uh, Also, we have this great update from my friend Nan. This is about a nine-minute long update from Nan down at the Laurel Oak Inn in Gainesville, Florida. We talked to her uh, about five or six podcasts ago, and she is um, an owner. It's a small business, a bed and breakfast, the Laurel Oak Inn down in Gainesville, Florida with her husband, Dave. And they are a fun, energetic couple. They do Facebook Lives. And she wants everyone to know that they are doing a Facebook Live party because in the podcast, she shared that they would be having a party at their facility. It's their second anniversary party on Wednesday, June 3rd from 5 to 7.30 p.m. And they do understand that not everyone will be able to attend. So they're bringing the party to us on a live stream on their Facebook page. So be sure to like their Facebook page and RSVP to the event on their site. And they will have some live music, a raffle, food and drinks all at the Laurel Oak Inn. It's something fun to be a part of if you're not able to be there, kind of like our situation. So here's her update and we'll end it with Nan. You all have a great week and we will talk to you all soon. Thanks. Hey everybody, this is Nan Charland. I am the owner and innkeeper of the Laurel Oak Inn Bed and Breakfast in Gainesville, Florida. And I had the pleasure several weeks ago to be on Ricky's podcast, Broadcasting His Love. And we just talked about what life at the inn was like as a result of COVID. And it would, it had just um, happened that our doors were closing um, as a result of what um, the guidelines were from the CDC and um, what our county had insisted as well as our governor. Well, we're back open. We've been open for three weeks, um, maybe four actually today, and we've had the time of our life. COVID uh, really gave us the time to reflect on um, who we are and who we want to be as far as the bed and breakfast being our ministry. And um, it allowed us the time to kind of collect ourselves as well as allowed us to 
put together some creativity with, um, you know, how do we draw business beyond um, staying at the inn because people are not as comfortable traveling these days. And um, we found by doing, you know, packages for small weddings, elopements, we found we could do private chef dinners. We have found that um, we can social distance um, when guests stay. We have people sit at opposite ends of the table, or we even um, allow you to sit outside where it's beautiful, and it has been. Um, it's getting a little warm now. Anyway, um, so life has been really good to us, um, kind of as a whole. And we really made it a point not to overly watch the news, um, because sometimes that would allow fear to creep in. And... Um, and, and we know whose we are in Christ, and we know that um, Christ doesn't want us to be afraid. And, um, you know, even during um, the kind of seven weeks of closing, it allowed me to um, also just get back in the Word more intimately than I was doing. I might have, you know, read a devotional for, I don't know, five minutes in the morning or um, read something off of my Bible app that would give me today's scripture and that might be the extent of kind of my time with the Lord in the morning and and now I've spent 30 minutes 45 minutes in the word almost every day I would lo love to say every day so that has been good um, but it also has calmed my soul um, I, there's just that peace that surpasses all understanding and it's God's peace and so that that's really all that has happened as far as COVID goes and our business mindset we have seen two businesses close in Gainesville as a result of it breaks my heart they were two restaurants and and we loved both of them dearly and so that's been sad I feel like God has completely confirmed that this is what we're supposed to be doing. Um, he has provided financial means beyond our imagination. And I believe he does that um, when you're faithful and you um, believe that he will deliver, he provides. And um, that's not to say that if you don't believe, it's just a matter of um, that's where he wants your faith to be is in him. And, you know, the faith of a mustard seed is for real. Gosh, if it's just a little bit of faith that you can have in God, he can um, make some of your wildest dreams come true. Speaking of wildest dreams, we um, celebrated two years at the bed and breakfast yesterday. Um, it was our two-year anniversary uh, from the day we closed on the inn and moved in and started serving in the hospitality world. And um, if you don't get our newsletter and want to get our newsletter, you can go to Laurel Oak Inn. It's L-A-U-R-E-L-O-A-K-I-N-N.com and just subscribe to our newsletter and you'll get to see kind of what we're doing. Um, we send out a monthly newsletter and then we do um, sweetness on Sunday recipes because we do sweetness on Sunday here. We it's always a very sweet breakfast. And um, but in that newsletter yesterday, we just shared how grateful we are. Um, we we reflected on what the last two years have brought, and really the first eighteen months were just so tough. Being new business owners, 
um, being um, new innkeepers. I had left corporate America. Uh, my husband was not familiar with the hospitality industry. We had never owned a business together. It was like, um, you know, having a baby and raising a child, and we forgot to talk about how we wanted to run the business. But all that aside, it equally, um, you know, I did not just, I, I was not still during the process. I had to do everything that minute, that day, rather than just kind of enjoying life. And um, so I wish I would have done that differently. However, now that we're at two years, I can truly tell you that we're living our dream life and we love everything about it. Um, love everything about meeting guests for the first time. We love everything about um, seeing guests come back and stay with us. I even mentioned in the newsletter that there's no truer statement than you come as strangers and leave as friends. And I can think several people that have come to stay with us have truly become friends, such as Ricky, actually. Um, great example there. She stayed with us. She stayed with us several times. Um, she and her husband and her mother and father-in-law have stayed with us. Thank you, Ricky, for that referral. And um, she just stole my heart, as many of our guests do. We certainly hope that, that the gift of hospitality is felt when people stay with us and um, and and we mean it from the bottom of our hearts. We absolutely love serving y'all. And so um, if you're ever in Gainesville or know anybody coming to Gainesville, we would certainly love to meet your friends and family, have them stay at the Laurel Oak Inn. I wish everybody the best. I hope all are enjoying life and enjoying life abundantly. I am just so thrilled for Ricky and her beautiful family and the fact that she is reaching people through her podcast, Broadcasting His Love. I hope you continue to listen to her and I hope um, y'all are prosperous and um, yeah, Godspeed to everybody. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks, Nan. You all are awesome. We will see you guys next week on Broadcast His Love. I pray that God increases in your life as you decrease. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.